Good morning, church. Buenos días. Aleluya. Well, welcome to Say Yes Sunday. So I need you to say it like you believe it. Say yes. Well, come on. Say yes. Excellent. So we're going to teach or share this piece of sermon. It will be short because we have some things to do. But I want you to reflect deeper in these two words that we use everywhere, volunteers or servants. And I want the church to be exposed to the fact that this word volunteer is a word that we borrow from the secular world. When you go deeper and read the Bible, especially what Jesus was doing, there is no place in the Bible for volunteers. Jesus is calling servants. And we're going to begin to do this, this exercise of shifting this word because I believe and I know that you know that words have power. And the Bible says that in our tongue we have life and death based on our words. Our words, our words are important. So let's reflect in Philippians 2.5. Let, let this be in you which also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, through it, not robbery, through it not robbery to be equal with God, who being in the form of God, be made himself, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of what? The form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So it's important that we understand that God is the chief of his own mission. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They came together and decided, let's save humankind. And God decided that, and then God says, I love the world. I'm going to send someone. And the, the God the Son, Jesus, is saying, yes, send me. So Jesus come and die for us on the cross. And then God, the Holy Spirit, is saying, and I will finish it. I will reveal the cross to everyone who is open to receive this truth. And when that happens, we understand that if God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, came together to save humankind as a team, we also need teams. We cannot do, we can do this thing called church by ourselves. So the challenge is that we lead as what? As a team. Following this DNA that God already gave us. Now, there is a story about a wise man and he went to a construction site. And when he got there, two men were working. And he asked one of the men, what are you doing? And that man says, I'm laying out bricks. Then he went to the other man and says, what are you doing? And he said, I'm building a cathedral. The change of perspective for, for one of the men, I'm just laying out bricks. The other guy was excited and passionate because he was not laying out bricks. He was building what? A cathedral. And here at St. John, we need to, we need to, to embrace this change of perspective. When we do what we do in our ministry, in our, um, our service to the church, we need to keep the vision, the holistic 
vision of the church in mind, that what I'm doing here, sooner or later, will impact the other people. And if we're not connected, then we're not going to be able to press forward as one church. Now, the principle of servanthood, I believe with all my heart that we do a great disservice to people when they don't understand the difference between being a volunteer and a servant. Why? Well, because there is power in understanding the way God wants us to lead. And when he said, let your kingdom come, with the, with the kingdom, the king is coming, that's what Jesus is saying, repent. The gospel, repent to the gospel. The kingdom of God is near, repent and believe in the gospel. And then he says, repent, but after you repent and you go into the kingdom, then there is a culture in the kingdom. There is a king in the kingdom. There is a language in the kingdom that is make us unique and different from the world. And this difference really is emphasized by the spirit behind both concepts. So when we don't understand this, we're going to see that all these blessings that are connected to servanthood will be hard to embrace. Now, here are the questions. Are you a volunteer or a servant? That depends. Are you serving in a nonprofit organization? Are you serving Salvation Army? Are you serving uh, in a club somewhere? Well, they use the word volunteers. But we as a church want to emphasize the word servant and servanthood. Are you aware of the difference? So reflect on these questions. We often describe those who work for the church on an unpaid basis as volunteers. It is a term that we have borrowed from social clubs and nonprofit organizations. And we understand that even though we don't reflect enough in the difference, we also know that many churches around the world, they use this word, but it's not biblical. It's not biblical. We need to go back to what Jesus was teaching us. Mark 10:43 says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your what? Servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus being God himself, he emptied himself from his glory took the form of a servant and came to earth. So now we have to do the same thing. I'm, a, I'm Cuban, right? Hello, in case you forgot. I also have an accent, if you don't, need, if you don't notice. Didn't notice before, I have an accent. But here, for me to serve you well, I have to empty myself from my Cubanness and everything that I embrace and appreciate dearly to begin to learn from your culture the best way to lead you. Because I'm telling you, if I lead you the Hispanic way, you will not last a minute. <laughs> okay? So I have to empty myself from many things, like music and everything. I can give you one Sunday and talk to Kyle. Let's do some Cuban thing. I do it for one Sunday. Yes. I do it for, for one Sunday and you will clap. I do it for 52 Sundays. 
and then we have a problem. So that's the issue. So I have to, anyone who wants to serve has to empty, we have to empty ourselves from our preferences. We are not here to worship ourselves. We are here to worship who? God. And when you go around the world, wherever you go, you will see in these temples that people have a clear picture of what worship is. When you go to those temples, everything is about the God that they are worshiping. Nothing related to them. We need to learn. That's why Jesus says that the children of darkness sometimes are wiser than the children of light. Jesus didn't go around recruiting volunteers. He called what? Disciples. And he called disciples to be? Servants. And it's a big, big, big mindset. Because when you, when you see yourself as a volunteer, you are, led, you are led by your own agenda, your own spirit, your own needs. But when you are embracing this servanthood, now you are led by the Holy Spirit. And he's taking charge of everything you do and why you do it. In our English Bibles, the Greek word doulos is usually translated as servant. Now, in the 21st century, but before that, it, was, it meant a slave. But people didn't like that, especially in England. So they changed it to doulos, which is servant. But when you go to the Bible, you're going to see the word, you're a slave for Jesus. You're a slave for Christ. That's, that's a very powerful difference. So if I go around St. John buying people, and I take you, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to buy this person, that person, that person, that person. And now you're going to a Cuban house. Okay? So I'm going to say, here is the meal. Here is what you're going to eat from this day forward. And you say, well, I don't like that. I don't care. I really don't care if you don't like that. You are my slave. Hello? Same thing with the, with the clothes. You are going to use colorful clothes. I don't like colors. <laughs> I don't care. Here it is. Wear it. You are going to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I, I don't like that. I like to sleep the morning. Hey, I don't care either. Right? So why? Because when you are bought, and Jesus bought us by price of blood, you don't own your life anymore, my friend. So this idea that I like this, but I don't like that, I, 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 I'm going to follow my passion. I'm not passionate about that. That's what, that's what so the, the culture is making disciples. The culture is making disciples. You see that in, on Facebook. You see it on Instagram. You see it everywhere. And everywhere you go, you see that follow your passion. Follow your passion. Follow your passion. Have you heard that? Do you know what the Bible said about your passion? Crucify it. That's what it says. Crucify your passion. This is not about you and your passion. This is about Jesus' passion and what he wants to do. And sometimes, you know, when you're following this understanding, of course that God wants us to be happy and, and, and use our gifts and graces, but also he wants us to look like Jesus and be like Jesus. So, when you understand that, we resist this word servanthood because we have a really bad history of slavery around the globe. So when we start reading the Bible, that's why we have all these countercultural words that we don't, sometimes we don't know how to process that. 
Because we, in the, when, when, when you go to, through history, you see how many, how, how many bad masters, the slavery, the pain of slavery is too great around the world. Too great. So people resist that. But we're not talking about ba a bad master. We're talking about Jesus. He's the, he's the perfect master. He's love. He's not here to abuse you. He's here to build you up, to release you, to free you. And it's so important that we understand that we cannot allow our pain to control our present. Past pains to control our present. We need to understand and say, wait a minute, I know that the history of slavery is so bad, but Jesus is not talking about that. He's talking about being a slave for the purpose of the kingdom. So, even though he's a master, he's saying, I know about slavery, but you need to understand that you are servants. And I have a higher standard, a high task, a high standard master. And that's different. Now, as a minority, I understand what servanthood is. If you go to Africa, you go to Africa, Australia, and many other places, you're going to see how easier it is for those uh, for those cultures to embrace servanthood, right? But when you go to Africa and you preach the gospel there, because Africans have been enslaved for centuries, there's nothing in that culture about servanthood. Everything is kinship, empower, empowerless. So in America, because America never been enslaved before, enslaved before but anyone, everything is about servant leadership, servant this, servant that. Try to go to Africa and sell the idea of servant leadership and see how hard it is to sell. Why? Because there, they have been enslaved for centuries. Don't talk to me about serving anything. So they have, a bigger, they have a bigger challenge to embrace the understanding of servanthood in the kingdom. Now, you go to America where people never been enslaved, and that's a second problem. It's a different challenge, but the same challenge. Servant, what is that? I've never been servant of anyone. I don't know what that is in many cases. So they have, you also have another challenge, which is, hey, I need to surrender my agenda. I need to surrender my own desires for the sake of the kingdom and become a servant. That's a foreign context as well. So when Jesus commands us to take care of the needy, we shouldn't have to ask for volunteers. Instead, we should coordinate the efforts of servants in the church. So we are all doing this together. So everyone in our church that holds a membership here at St. John, the, the challenge is to grow toward this understanding that Jesus came to save us, and now we are servants of Jesus, and because of that, we serve him. Your Lord and Master have washed your feet. That's what John 13 says and report to us. Now wash one another feet. I have set an example for you. I have done it for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master. So this concept of servanthood is very deep throughout the Bible. Now between volunteers and servants, there is a spirit that changes everything. And let me give you like two or three examples. A volunteer only does it for the organization, a servant does it mainly for who? For the master. So it's, it's, a, it's a transcendent understanding. I'm not doing this because I love this organization. I'm doing this because I love Jesus. That's why I'm doing it. A, a volunteer says, I'm glad to help 
to contribute here at St. John. A servant says, I love to serve Christ at St. John. The first statement is all about me. I, I, I contribute, I love, I do this. The second statement is about Christ. You are doing it because you love Jesus. And I love to serve Jesus in this context here. Volunteers do it out of the goodness of their heart. Oh, I love to do this. I want to contribute. I want to help. Servants do it because they love the master and they feel an obligation. It's an obligation. It's not a choice. I know that he saved me and that's why now I want to serve him. He's so good. That's very important. A volunteer feels gratified at a job well done. A servant feels gratified when the master says, well done, faithful servant. That's a huge difference. You finish something to do, you finish something, and they say, oh, I'm so good. That's not what it is. It's the master, are you pleased with this? That's difference. And sometimes we spend hours doing things, and we are, I'm so excited about what I did. It's not about, about Jesus. It's not about me. It's about if he please. If you don't feel joy after serving the master, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you need to rethink. Maybe you were working as a volunteer and not as a servant. Can you read this together? Amen to that. Because Jesus is coming for your heart. He's coming for your, all, for your whole life. Not only for this time here, this time there. If you are a Christian, you are not just a member of a volunteer social organization. This is not a club. This is the church of Christ. You are a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, we follow his example. Jesus never asked his followers to give up few hours of their day off, but he did call them to give everything they share in life for the sake of the kingdom. Whatever you do, that's what the Bible says, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So you're not serving Ashley. You're not serving Pastor Yosma. You're not serving whoever is leading your ministry. Who are you serving? Christ. So when you go out to the gym and go around, please, don't only think about what I like. Also think about the needs that we have and how to, how to bridge the gap and close that and find a way to help the church in the areas that we need, not only what you like, so going to the gym with a servant mindset is a different thing. I have now four girls in my house. Did you notice? <laughs> they have beautiful hair. I love their hair. It's so beautiful. My wife's hair, my other daughter, everybody's beautiful hair. But then when I have to go into the bathroom and start taking this hair out because it's florid, it's not as pretty anymore. But guess what? I'd rather do that than ask them to cut the hair. Every time. Why? This is not about me. See, if something that beautiful, the kingdom of God, the gospel is beautiful, but it's also messy. Are you willing to get messy on this? Because if all we are looking is for the cute and cookies and cream, 
That's not, going, that's not the gospel. You sign up for the wrong church. It's important that we understand that. When we find ourselves standing there before the Lord, are you expecting to hear him to say, thank you for your time? Or, well done, my good and faithful servant. If you want the latter, stand up. If you want Jesus to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, you stand up. If you want Jesus to say to you, thank you for your time, my friend. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Jeremy Royers to come really quick here. We have, you know, I challenged this guy at the end of last year. I invite him to coffee. He said, I will never drink coffee again. <laughs> so we met, we talked, um, and then we said, you know what? We need to re rewire, refire men ministry. And, you know, this is the challenge. But don't say yes, go pray and fast and come back. So at the beginning of this year, I said, Jeremy, are you ready for this? And he said, I pray, I fast, I'm ready, I'm ready. So now we have Jeremy, his beautiful children and family. So he has been serving in Bowling Green and then came here and he was part of Chef Plant there and now he's here serving with Meg. Um, the whole family is beautiful. But please help him to be successful. Help him to be successful. And then encourage men in your household to contact Jeremy. Because we need, we need, to, we need to get the society right now is broken and the and father absence is one of the major challenges that we have in the 21st century. So we need, the church need to model what the, the role of manhood in society. Let's start here, let's start now. Let's pray for, for him and then go. Father, thank you for Jeremy. Thank you for his life and his commitment to be a faithful servant. We pray that you empower him with your spirit so he can lead this church and the men in the church so they can model what a true man is in Christ. We pray in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Yes. But let's, let's serve together when you go to the gym. <laughs>